Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And I am pumped for this week because we are ooh, covering ooh, Stevie. It's <laughs> my absolute favorite documentary. It's one of those films I've seen like 20 times and there's still new stuff to notice like each time. So many great quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Some hot stuff. Uh, I almost wanted to be like... Fuck yeah. spending time with your children. Come over. Let's watch this together. No dirty dancing. <laughs> so Stevie is a 2002 film directed by Steve James, who is best known for directing Hoop Dreams, which is considered like one of the greatest documentaries of all time. And then there's this film. <laughs> <laughs> also one of the greatest documentaries of all time. I even saw an interview. He's like, I get so many questions about this documentary and it's, not even my biggest most watched one because he's got a list of them so interesting (laughs) we need so much story it took four and a half years to make this film so i will make sure i emphasize steve and stevie steve is the director and stevie is the train wreck (laughs) (laughs) such a train wreck like holy fuck and if you want a fun drinking game with this, take a shot every time you see Harley Davidson merch. <laughs> you will die. You'll be taking them back to back. And sometimes it's the Confederate flag. Oh like, it's literally like, I am pretty sure I have family like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. I'm so excited. What, what? This film is a great example of if you're in a small town, Get the fuck out. Yeah, don't don't fucking stay where you grew up. <laughs> 1982, while attending Southern Illinois University, go Salukis, director Steve, it's a dog, Steve James became a big brother to Stevie Fielding. Big brother meaning he's with the Big Brother Big Sister of America program, which is a nonprofit group that matches adults, volunteers with kids as young as five who are usually like at risk. Not that his mom had another baby. No just sort of mentor them hang out with them just keep them out of trouble uh stevie 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 was a troubled 11 year old who lived in pomona illinois which is such a small town there currently isn't a post office it's unincorporated and even the county it's in is small with only fifty-three thousand people which is basically the population of this town i live in that's insane (laughs) that's the county that's Jesus. <laughs> Everyone knows everyone's business. Um, ten years later, in July 1995, Steve James go back goes back to visit this kid he mentored. In... And it's such the 90s. Like, when you're watching oh, this, God. like, you can tell that it's, like, the 90s and, like... So that's basically what this film is all about, how this kid has fared over the years, and then it becomes so much more. Yeah, there's quite a twist. So Steve already has apprehension about this. It's one of those stories where even as a young guy, he knew this kid didn't stand a chance. He knew he shouldn't abandon him. And yet when he didn't have to do the visits anymore, he was glad, which is sad. We meet Stevie who comes out on crutches and couldn't even be bothered to put on a shirt. <laughs> which is like your number one like redneck red flag. He's got countless shitty tattoos and typical early 90s haircut and Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Honestly, he gave me Jeffrey Dahmer vibes. (laughs) Um, 
we also meet Stevie's half-sister, Brenda, and his step-grandmother, who basically was the one who raised him. Let's talk about those tattoos. He claims he did the one that's high up on his arm, which I don't know how he would have been able to. I don't think that he did kind of hard to be able to reach. He said the other ones he got from someone who, like, learned how to do them in prison. Yeah, <laughs> which the one like... up on his arm's like, the best-looking one. There's no way he could have done that himself with, like, no training. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he says the rest are done by a buddy. Can we talk about the one on the same arm? <laughs> it looks like a turtle with a skull for the head, and there's like a confederate and the Gadsden flag, and it's got flames shooting out of it, and it says, ride to live, live to ride, with like caps, capital letters, like scattered throughout it. He was like, is this from your motorcycle days? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck that tattoo was. Listen to the guy talk. It's clear he's a fucking mess. Like, he is not all there. Steve gets more into why he drifted away from Stevie. He was looking forward to having a kid who was into sports, and Stevie, I cannot stress enough, is a wreck. <laughs> he was not the child that he was Clearly looking for. Clearly not athletic and just getting into trouble. The next scene is Stevie just playing with a fucking snake. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's talking about how like he's not afraid of them and then he's like well I, or he's like i've never been afraid of them and he's like well i used to be as a kid or whatever <laughs> and then like i guess he got in trouble for like god i'm crying okay <laughs> something with us not that far into this something, something just... about like a snake and like some kids or something like that mm-hmm. like i can't follow half his stories <laughs> He's wearing all white, which makes no sense when he explains he found the snake when it came out of a brush pile he was burning. Like, why are you wearing all white? You're working outside. Okay, let's be fair. Do you think that, like, he keeps his whites fresh? <laughs> like, but nothing says, like, I'm going to go work out in the yard. Got on my best white clothes. And everyone calls him Snake because he ain't afraid of them. Except not once in this over two-hour film does anyone call him Snake. <laughs> And he's wearing this necklace with an eight ball on it that looks like something you'd get out of a quarter machine as you're leaving a Chinese buffet. Like when your parents are paying and you're just by the door waiting. Uh, the shit I always throw away when my kids get it. Yeah. <laughs> Verna, his step-grandmother. You start off like feeling bad for this woman. I felt like she was like my grandma. Yeah. And like I said, like I have some family that's like not too far off from like this kind of life yeah. um like you know and yeah it just like i feel for her in the beginning and i'm like oh that sweet old lady raising yeah. him and being such a good grandma and like especially with the story she gives um she's still taking care of this dude because again his abusive mother he's has like almost 30 <laughs> yeah i think when this starts he's like 23 or something like he's not that young but not that old and his response to her mentioning this is i don't have a mother i never had one and on the day she dies i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go laugh at her (laughs) but he doesn't have a mother i want to laugh at her grave it's such a childish thing to say (laughs) but i think it says a lot about this honestly a lot of the stuff that he says reminds me of like my eight-year-old when she's throwing (laughs) a fit like when she's mad about something like when Stevie was six months old, Verna's son, Arvel, the names in this, 
married Stevie's mom, Bernice, and then one weekend they just abandoned Stevie with Vernon, her husband, Roy. And when they eventually came back, Arvel and Bernice made it clear they didn't want Stevie back because he wasn't Arvel's kid. Which is really sad. It is really sad. Do you know, like, while I was watching this, I almost wondered if there's more to the backstory of why she doesn't have, like, this bond with him. Like, a part of me wondered if maybe he was, like, the product of, like, an assault or something. But she doesn't like, talk. Uh, no, they said later on, like, that she, she was with somebody was mad who was a married because, man yeah, who wouldn't she, leave his wife for her. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I ended up seeing that part, and I was like, okay, maybe not, but. So, yeah, it's really fucking awful. There seems to be some shame. Yeah. It's really fucking awful when you realize that his mom and stepdad lived just 50 yards down the road from his step-grandparents. Yeah, like, they literally, like, To be able to see your mom and your mom spitting distance. doesn't acknowledge you. That's, oh, my God, it's bad. Um, but good on Verna and Roy taking this kid that's not even blood. His mom was incredibly abusive to the point he needed speech therapy because he just became mute due to being beaten. Which is just, like, mind-blowing. And then there's not many words now that he don't speak real plain, <laughs> according to Verna, which... Don't know about that. We'll get into some more of the things he says. Like, I can't imagine abusing a kid. Like, I can understand not liking a kid. Like but you just avoid sometimes. the parents. You don't take it out on the children. And then to do it to your own kid. Like, what the fuck? Like, I had to um, bring their ass into this world. Like, <laughs> I don't want anything to happen to them. There's plenty of kids I didn't like, and I just stopped hanging out with their parents. Problem solved. Like, not a big deal. Yeah. Like, There's a reason I still hang out with you. <laughs> I allow all... your children to come over. My kids are only assholes to me. <laughs> And now we get into the uncomfortable part where we meet his girlfriend. I <laughs> didn't know how to feel about this. Also, he got her that teddy bear that's got that hot stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. When he said that he had a girlfriend, I was like, what? And then when I saw her, I was like, oh. Yes. Um. His girlfriend, Tanya, who he's been with for two years, she's got some intellectual disabilities. I, mean, I don't know how else to say it. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, she doesn't understand why her parents don't like Stevie just because he wrecked her car, he drinks, and he does marijuana. <laughs> Which, like, those are all shitty things to have. Like. I feel like she thinks he's a good boyfriend just because he doesn't physically abuse I her. I mean, I've done all of those things, but, like... <laughs> Um, Steve's wife, Judy, stops by for a visit, and she was the one who encouraged Steve to become a big brother mentor. Uh, they've been together since college, so she's aware of who Stevie is. We learn that when Stevie was 19 or 20, he married a woman who was 34. <laughs> That's a little problematic, who has three kids. Also named Judy, who apparently he had a crush on Judy, Steve's wife when he was young. Yeah, like when he's being, like he's in the back of the car and he's I, like, I think you had a crush on Judy, didn't you? And he's like, you want me to answer that in front of my my fiance? Yeah. Would love to ask a few questions to this woman who married this dude 14 years younger than her. Like, um, first of all, what the fuck? Second <laughs> of all, why? Third of all, like, what were you thinking? Had you met this guy before? Um, 
the marriage only lasted about five months and was abusive. And she had kids. She had kids, which makes me question why the marriage ended so quickly when you get further into this film. Yeah, that it worries me. I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but it gives you pause. Should we say allegedly again? Allegedly. Also, probably not a good idea for Steve and Judy to have their three young kids standing there while Stevie's talking about the physical altercation Dude, he had with his okay. ex-wife. Can we talk about how like awkward it was while he's talking about that? And then I see him like trying to like guide the children away God, from like, later. Cause, like that was later on. That kid was just staring also, at him like, what the fuck did the my way, parents get me into? The way Steve presents his kids is fucking weird. He's like, here's what we've been up to. Like Remember how I haven't seen you all these years? We've, we've been, been banging it. This broad. <laughs> Look been, what we made. We've been banging it out for the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, Judy and Stevie are at the dining table discussing how Stevie tried to kill his mom by cutting her brakes on her car, and but he instead just, like, cut, cut the electronics wire while they like Steve, died this the is kid. when Steve's like quickly try to usher the kids out of the room. These poor kids. <laughs> There are so many reasons. All right, Jackie, let's go. We gotta go. We gotta go. And Steve's just cracking up, not reading the room at all. (laughs) Like, Like, you're talking about attempted murder around the youth. Let's (laughs) button it up. They're not even, like, older youth. They're, like, little kids. These kids are, like, all under the age of 10. But he enjoyed them all coming down to visit him. Stevie comments on how he never imagined Steve and Judy having kids, but, you know, People changes. (laughs) I had to fight my computer trying to change so much grammar in this. (laughs) People changes. I had closed captioning on, as I always always do. You kind of have to for parts of this. And I was like, well. (laughs) He's right. People do be changing. Um. Something Stevie didn't mention to them and that Steve discovers is that Stevie has quite the arrest history that includes assaults. He had a huge rap Not just a assault. Weapon possessions and credit card fraud. And despite feeling guilty for how this kid's life has gone, Steve doesn't visit him again for two more years. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like... Bro, you gotta think like you gotta think about your kids. <laughs> I know, but like I feel so much guilt for abandoning him, yeah. and then just doesn't show back up for a couple years. March nineteen ninety seven, Steve tries calling, and the only person he can get into contact with is Verna. Verna lets him know that Stevie's been arrested a few days prior for molesting his eight year old cousin. Didn't expect that twist coming into this, did you? I did not, and I am both shocked and appalled. Yeah, it gets fucking dark. Um, Verna says Stevie was framed and his mother was behind it. Because you know moms. That's what they do. Who was asking this man to babysit? (laughs) They get into it later. He's essentially a child himself. They get into it later. And despite writing a confession, Stevie says he was manipulated and he's going to plead innocent. Which is like, they show the letter. I want to say allegedly, but like, he confessed to doing it. And the letter, like, what did he? Took away her virginity. Something like it. It's rough. Like <laughs> the words he uses. I saw something about like he touched her top half and then he touched her bottom half. Yeah, I'm like nobody is telling you to write this down. Like, 
I do you not. You listen to the way the man talks. Like, this I is. I don't think the police officers were like, no. and then you touched her top part. And then and you tried to take away her virginity. <laughs> Which again, she's eight. Like I have an eight year old and that's it's fucking yeah. insane. Like, so, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but the dude is charged with three felonies. So Bernice is behind him being in prison, and yet she's consistently visiting, visiting him. him in prison, which is so <laughs> mind blowing. Like the relationship's bizarre. Um, despite Stevie claiming his innocence, his own sister Brenda believes in his guilt because he also molested he her. Also molested her when they were younger, and he also told her he did it. And this is when I get pissed off at Verna because she defends Stevie by saying he was just a kid when that happened. Just not acknowledge at all acknowledging how like Brenda feels about this. Yeah, like, like yeah, she he was molested you, but, but you were, he, he was, was just young. a kid. Yeah, like, she was also just yes. a kid. Like fucking wild. So we start seeing how all of this could have happened. This kid who suffered abuse and neglect, and then had a caregiver who just keeps making excuses for his behavior. It, shit's gonna end bad. Everyone wants to find a way to help Stevie, but at this point. He's in his mid-twenties. Like, what are you really going to be able to do? Exactly. He has free will. And he's now done something completely heinous. Yeah. Like, We go over to Tanya, Tanya's parents' house. I hated how in front of Tanya, her mother's like, we didn't like the guy, but she doesn't really have a lot of options because of her situation. So we overlook some things. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, have a little bit more, like, pride in your child. She doesn't have a lot of options. Look at her. Um, Tanya says the relationship's over, but they're still exchanging letters. Stevie needs money because he thinks having a woman lawyer defending him is the worst thing. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? seems like the opposite when you're being accused of molesting a little girl. He says he can get one of those lawyers who says they'll get you off on any charges but then turn around and just settle with the DA so they can collect their money as quickly as possible Steve refuses to pay for this lawyer yeah like what the fuck uh, August 1997 Steve gets a call from Stevie who asked to borrow $100 for bail needing to borrow $100 is rough like you can't find $100 on your own um, just needs $100 cash <laughs> so he says it and it's only $100 because the lady lawyer got the confession thrown out. Yeah, like, that was an amazing. Insane. Like, he literally, like, wrote that shit and signed it. And, <laughs> like, and it's, like, told, in his voice. told like, other people that he did it. And they got that shit thrown out. Yeah, like, he can get out. He just needs $100 cash. And Steve's like, uh, like, doesn't know what to say. And he and wants then, to do it. And then lets us know that Judy told him, fuck no, we're not going to be responsible for letting a predator on the street because Judy is a counselor that works with sex offenders. So she's a bit of an expert on the subject. Yeah, I, I can't believe that it took his wife saying, like, no. I wish they would have filmed that like her. No! <laughs> Are you crazy? Why are you even asking? Like, yeah, it's only $100, but, like, it's $100 going to the wrong thing. Yeah, she Use your $100 to buy that eight-year-old a teddy bear and some fucking candy. <laughs> she recognizes that, yeah, with the way this dude grew up, like, this kind of thing isn't shocking. And 
He's definitely guilty. But we can't encourage it. Yeah. So now we know why it's Bernice's fault for him being arrested, because she knew he's molested before and still got him the job babysitting his cousin. The fuck is wrong with this family? Uh, Steve asks Verna if she thinks Stevie will molest again if he beats the charges, and she says no, even though he has a fucking history of it. I don't understand it. I don't believe this is only like the second time or like the second person. Like Stevie could stab Verna and her last dying breath would be spent like blaming Bernice for it. Like she's always going to defend him. His bitch of a mother. Yeah. Later she calls her prostitute. (laughs) Yeah, that's when I came over. I was like, who was she calling a prostitute? I was like, oh, Bernice. It made no sense. (laughs) Bernice finally agrees to talk to Steve, and when he gets there, her sister Wendy, who is the mother of the victim, is also there, and she's rightfully angry and going off about Stevie, while Bernice is just calmly standing there. Honestly, her speech, like, I was like, fuck yeah, like. So what we kind of learn is, yeah, maybe Bernice was abusive, but it seems she also had problems keeping him under control, so either he would run off or she would just send him over to Verna. Uh, who would just let him get away with whatever. Um, It's really hard to know because Bernice and Verna hate each other and Stevie will never say anything bad about Verna. Right. So it's hard to tell. He's like a little kid caught in between like parents and a divorce. Yeah. And like they're both hating on each other and he is just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Big cause of why he's so fucked up. Bernice is like, I'll fucking smack a kid that backtalks. And Wendy's like, let it be known that her and I differ on this. (laughs) I did. I did appreciate Wendy, like in a lot of these things. She's like, she kind of kind of lets it slip that Bernice and her were raised where a lot of discipline was used. So it's definitely a generational thing. Not just a lot of discipline, but like corporal punishment (laughs) kind of discipline. She makes a point to say just because that's how they were raised doesn't mean she has to do it the same way. So she, she's like, no, I'm not going to hit my kids. She understands the effects of like generational trauma and abuse. And she's like, I'm going to end with me. Yes. Um, Just because they didn't end up in prison doesn't mean spanking your kid is the right way. There's, no right way to raise your kid but abuse certainly not it uh so yeah the scene like wendy starts off screaming about stevie and his hard on and then is saddened to learn that bernice never told him who his real dad is like it's a roller coaster of emotions with this woman which like i get it because like holy fuck if someone in my family touched my eight-year-old daughter like honestly she had every right to be there screaming but then she's also like this kid did not have a good life, though. And no, and that's, that's it exactly. And yeah, it's she's so like, sad. she's so torn because she's like, I know he's had like a shit childhood and like his life growing up. And like, that's part of why he is the way he is. It's very much like the whole nature versus nurture. Like, yeah. like clearly, clearly nurture has a lot to, to play into the way you grow up. Like, yeah, you know. You can grow up with, like, some issues mentally, but if you are shed on all the time, it may never be worse, you know? The next scene is just... Verna parks and walks up to the cemetery to visit her husband, Roy, 
while Stevie just straight up drives over burial plots on his ATV. He's literally driving over dead bodies. Just parks on somebody's loved one. <laughs> just a fucking dirtbag. And she's like, <laughs> you're gonna get in trouble. Like, they ain't gonna say nothing to me about it. So Roy, who seemed to be Stevie's father figure, died of a heart attack when Stevie was 12. So it's just like constant notches on a list of things that fucked him up. And then a couple years later, Arville died. But it also makes more sense, like, why she let him get away with so much. Because he's literally all she has left. Yeah. Like, like her, hus- her husband's gone. Her, her son's, son's gone. Like, definitely gone. And then, um, let's just pile on by learning that Bernice at one point put him in foster care. Like, just couldn't control him. Yeah, she literally just, like, signed him over to the state. Uh, so he's at a boy's home and became really attached to Dorinda and Hal. Trovillian, who I guess were a couple that volunteered there. I'm not sure how. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, did they live there? Boys they moved on. Foster like... care. I'm not sure. Um, so after three years, Hal gets another job, and they have to leave the boys' home. So now this is yet again another father figure out of his life. And with the next foster family that comes in, um, he suffers sexual abuse. So we've got the physical abuse, sexual abuse, lots of abandonment issues, behavior problems. He's just a powder keg. Oh, yeah. Constantly failed. Like anything that could go wrong in this kid's life, like has fucking gone wrong. Like they run out of group homes to place him in, in Southern Illinois. So eventually they just put him in a mental hospital in 1988. You know, during the Reagan years where... Despite almost being murdered by someone suffering from mental illness, Reagan had no interest, like, funding any of it or (laughs) better care, research, nothing. So, basically, once he's 18... Turned a blind eye. Out on his own. Pomona is such a small fucking town that Stevie's probation officer is also the general store owner. (laughs) Don't know if you noticed that little information on there fucking can't with this he's such a fuck up but all these people in the town have known him since he was a baby so they still seem to like coddle him he goes to hang out at the post office which apparently was still there in 1998 and it's not even a building per se it's a trailer and it made me think back to um was it tread where like they could have just done it on their kitchen table <laughs> like, you don't need a building for this <laughs> And Stevie and the new postmaster exchange a handshake that lasts just a tad too long. (laughs) But he's going to give him a chance. And I don't know what's happened, but Stevie has tape on his glasses, like that black electrical tape at the bottom. I don't know what happened. The difference between Stevie and his sister Brenda are crazy. She's been happily married since 16 and employed since 18. And it's sad to find out that Brenda was Bernice and Arvel's child and was born soon after Stevie was kind of like pushed kicked. to the side. Yeah. So it does feel like once they knew they were having a child together, they're like, let's get rid of this kid. It's not even yours. Yeah. Um, like, start fresh. Yeah. He's kind of just shuffled around. But Brenda did get married at 16. So I don't know. Things couldn't have been going great. Well, no, and she even said that, like, her mom didn't really have, like, a motherly-type relationship yeah. with her. And, uh, like you said, she got married at 16. Typically, 
when girls get married young, it's because they want to escape their home life. Yeah. So things couldn't have been going that great for her either. At least the guy she married seems like a good dude. Doug is... I I have to say that I am fully, like, you know... I love Doug. He's got a lot of patience. Yeah, I have, I, I have a crush on their relationship together. Like, she picked a good one. Yeah. He seems he very seems loving. Awesome. Oh, we get a glimpse of Stevie's bedroom. There's motorcycle poster, Mortal Kombat 3 poster that I fucking love. What looks like a dresser with a gun rack on it. And not one lock, but two locks on that thing. There's like, looks like he added a padlock onto it. I don't know what the fuck. There's a dartboard, a teddy bear, and a giant pinwheel. He's like a child. I don't understand this room. Um, I think there was a bare light bulb, and yet he was classy enough to have curtains. <laughs> and then there was like another source of light, the one he like turned off that looks like an aquarium light. Oh, like, yeah. On top of, like, the gun rack. I don't know what the fuck that was. We head over to Murfreesboro, which uh, is the county seat. Even though the woman lawyer got his confession thrown out, he didn't believe a woman would be able to represent him, so he asked for a new public defender. And I guess that white outfit he wore earlier is his nice clothes, because he's wearing those again. <laughs> so he wears his nice clothes for burning? <laughs> it's a sleeveless white shirt with, like, white jeans. And he ties it all together with a Confederate flag bandana. And I think he had a bum bag on. I'm not sure. <laughs> and he always has a shit ton of jewelry that never makes sense. He's like cross earring. It's like very 1980s dangly. He's so weird. Uh, so the new lawyer's like, okay, here's the deal. Plead guilty to class two felony. You won't serve any prison time. Just counseling. Or you're looking at six to 30 years. Which like... Any and Stevie sane says, person. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> and then threatens his aunt for talking to his sister. In front of the cameras and Again, to a lawyer. his aunt is the mother of the victim. And I'm sort of surprised his lawyer doesn't just like put his fingers in his ears and like, la 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 la, I'm not listening. He's like, I'm going to have to advise you not to say well, that. And then later he like threatens the DA. <laughs> He's like, it'd be best if you didn't say those <laughs> kinds of things. Uh, Steve talks to Stevie and gets his take on it. And Stevie tells him he doesn't want to have to talk to a shrink. He's basically given a get out of jail free card for molesting a child and doesn't want to take it. Because he doesn't want to have to like do anything to change and better himself. And he's saying this while wearing like a jean vest with no shirt. So I can't take him seriously. <laughs> I mean, did you ever take him seriously? <laughs> We move on to his friend, Tim, who is the calmest motherfucker I have ever seen. Um, Tim is crippling depressed. Like, <laughs> he is. They're going to go fishing, which he means... said he's just like, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> They're going fishing, which means Stevie has to wear camouflage. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't scare the fish. He doesn't want the fish to see him. Um, he catches a frog outside of the post office because Catfish and Bass loves frog. That man put that frog alive in his pants pocket. He says he knows that, you know, the Catfish and Bass loves frogs because he's smart. And then he puts the frog in his pocket, <laughs> in his pocket. misses because it just like hops right out of his hands. And you watch <laughs> this grown ass man try to catch a hopping frog while the stray dog it's like wandering in and out. And it's one of those like tiny little frogs. Like Although those. I don't think that's a stray dog because 
isn't that the dog like later on when he's walking to the fish yeah it's like no it's like a big ass grown dog later but yeah it's it's a hell of a scene <laughs> i died laughing i was like i actually I paused it and i told my husband i was like this grown man just put a frog in his pocket alive <laughs> they're driving in tim's old truck and trying to get up the steep hill the truck overheats tim fixes it almost backs into a tree <laughs> And then they finally get it up the hill. <laughs> Just the whole side of that fucking tree. <laughs> In a sea of trees. Uh, Tim complains about not being able to find any work. I'd say complain, but he's so calm. Like, eh, you know. He's so, like, nothing his, matters yeah, his in life. His favorite phrase is, eh, doesn't matter. <laughs> like, he must have said that, like, six times. I honestly, I wanted to look and see, like, is, is he okay? Like, is he still alive? <laughs> He's just content drinking beer and fishing. It's frog time for Stevie, who oh discovers the biggest fucking hole in his pocket. <laughs> it was the whole bottom half. It's like, I hope that frog's like in Tim's truck. It starts pouring and it's Tim's... It's probably still back where he caught it. <laughs> I can't believe he put a whole fucking live-ass frog in his pocket. And, and it just... And it just fell <laughs> It starts pouring and Tim's just sitting there while there's, he's so calm. There's a giant ass bug crawling it's, on him. It's a huge fuzzy caterpillar. <laughs> and he like, they, they make a point to even zoom in on it. Like just <laughs> crawling down his shirt. Like I hope Tim isn't a scumbag because got a bit of a crush on him. Like, I love Tim. <laughs> you clean him up a little. He's fucking handsome. He's not a and bad looking dude. And he's looking for a good woman. <laughs> Brenda's having difficulty with pregnancies. Uh, she suffers from endometriosis, so she's looking into surgery, and she'll need to do in vitro after that if it's not, like, quick. Which is fucking expensive. The saddest line comes from her when she's talking about women who don't want their kids or abuse their kids like her mother, and yet she's having difficulty becoming pregnant when all she's wanted since she got married was to become a mom. Which is like, so sad, oh. like... And then her husband saying, like, that he would rather have her, like, like he doesn't yeah, want her. Yeah, he's like, I'd rather not have in, kids than yeah. you die. Yeah, he's like, I just don't want her putting her life on the line. And on top of all of it, she's got everyone around her not wanting her to get pregnant because, you know, risk her life. I don't understand why all of them went to her doctor's appointment with her. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I would be embarrassed if I showed up to, like, my gynecologist and I had, like, my brother and my grandma and he's out in the waiting room pouring like a one liter of mountain dew into a, <laughs> into cup. a cup like just drink it out of the bottle like, what the fuck are you? and then he's like ripping the label off oh that was at and... the hospital and then did yeah. he go he goes to the hospital and then he went out and climbed a fucking tree we'll get to that <laughs> So, yeah, I feel bad for Brenda. She goes in for surgery to have an ovary removed, and she asks for her mom to be there at the hospital. Stevie also goes to the hospital and throws a fit about Bernice being there. And Steve's like, okay, but you need to get over it because your sister's going through some shit. Maybe you should get some counseling to deal with your mother issues. And that's when Stevie's like, nope, and runs away and climbs a tree in front of the <laughs> hospital. Like, sir, this is a hospital, not a playground. <laughs> But I guess if he falls, like... He's in the right place. There's a stretcher right up to the... Uh, up near the curb. Uh, we're getting closer to the trial date. and The confession is ruled admissible. So, 
even if he took a deal now, he's going to be looking at prison time regardless. He had a chance to walk away with time served. Literally. He could have literally <laughs> so frustrating. gotten, like, a slap on the wrist. Like, had a nobody grab him by the shoulders and, like, scream at him. Um, we'll call him the Steves. They go to Lowe's to buy Stevie a birthday Christmas gift of a giant stereo. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure I have that same it's, stereo. Was, my next line is the shitty stereo we all had in our rooms. <laughs> Got that shit for my 13th birthday. <laughs> and despite... Tanya insisting to her mother she would never get back together with Stevie. They're engaged now? I thought they had been <laughs> engaged the entire time. Well, because at the beginning he calls it his girlfriend. Okay, now well, my, now my mind is my blown. My fiance. Now my mind's blown because I thought it was his fiance the whole time because they never really, like, mentioned the fact that, like, they got engaged. <laughs> um, then now Stevie has his own trailer and I know what you're thinking. Is he classy enough to own one of those clocks that play animal noises on the hour? Yes, yes he, is. he is. And also, it cost him like $37. Did you catch the front of the trailer? There's no fucking steps at the door. How are they getting into this thing? Just, it looks like steps like just near climb. the end of the trailer. Like they look, It looks like it might be steps, but there's no steps in front of the door. They just climb. So they got to grab the sides and just like hoist themselves up in there. <laughs> Working upper body strength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do finally get some good news. Brenda's pregnant. Also her. I was so happy for her. And her husband, Doug, is so fucking sweet. Like he leaves her notes in the cabinet. And then the like bread he box. literally, yeah, he like literally wrote it's on the door. marker, but <laughs> the I honestly is not great. No, but I would be like so, like I would be swooning. <laughs> yeah, he's very. What was it? Uh, Bernice is like, I think he's in love. <laughs> no, she said, I think you got him. Like, was it uh, henpecked? Yeah, <laughs> I've been I almost, married for like ten. I almost said cockhold. I was like, <laughs> cockhold. <"Nope."> <laughs> yeah, cockhold. <laughs> He's henpecked. So, All these, like, birds. He clearly loves her. And then, remember the Macarena? <laughs> <laughs> because Stevie drags his stereo over, and they're just dancing in the kitchen of the Macarena. And then everyone's shocked when Stevie agrees to go with Bernice to church. Which, I don't know why it's shocking. Was that dangly cross earring he's been wearing this whole time? Just fashion statement? <laughs> it is, clearly. He's got, like, a little bit of, like, a Guy George thing going on. <laughs> Guy George. George Michael. George Michael. <laughs> the fuck is Guy George? Oh my um, god. Why do I always get this And then in a week, you'll text me and be like, this is where I got it from, like you did that one day. Uh, August 1999, Stevie and Toy- Tanya decide to come party in Chicago before his trial. She's like dressed up wearing a pretty dress got her hair done and i don't know what the fuck he was wearing he's got like jeans a black a shirt what was that hat he weird was green it's not quite a cowboy hat i don't know what the fuck it is kind of like a he's safari got, hat yeah. he's got a cigarette just hanging out of his mouth and she's like all dressed up they're staying with tanya's friend trisha from high school who's amazing calls stevie out on his racism (laughs) she suffers from cerebral palsy so she's like in a hospital bed and then when they go out she's got to go in a wheelchair and i'm completely shocked she allowed stevie to stay there because she talks about being physically and sexually abused by her stepfather for eight years before he was finally arrested 
Like, this is another one where it just takes a turn. Yeah, no. being super She sad. was my hero because she, like, literally, like, she was just like, how can you be with him yeah. knowing that he did that? Like, she's like, I was abused. I don't trust men anymore. Yeah. And she's like, he literally ruined my life. And, and there's that awkward moment. She's talking about that crying. And, and he Stevie comes was- in. <laughs> I like, and he just stood there, like he could There's tell that they've been talking about. Pause. But she kept talking. Yeah. I was just like, oh shit! Like <laughs> she's, she has like no fear. She's just like, he ruined my life. Yeah. They have quite the time in Chicago. They go sightseeing, hit up the zoo, hang out at Steve and Judy's, which I saw an e- interview with Steve. They still live in that house. Oh, it's much nicer. Cute. They did fix it up, and then they go to a museum no they go to a club <laughs> i almost had a seizure just watching the strobe lighting in this club Who the fuck was the random asian dude dancing with the girls like he might have been a cameraman but you'd never see him he was just... it well was it um judy was that her name was it was it the girl's boyfriend the friend's boyfriend because i i know he said that she had a boyfriend Oh, I didn't remember hearing that. Yeah, she had a boyfriend. Um, what did he, she said? Pump me. Oh, Trisha. That's what it yeah. was. She was like, um, I didn't want to think of Trisha because of Love Is Blind, <laughs> but I, I, I think her name was Trisha. So uh, yeah, when they were walking into the zoo, she's like, "Pump me up," and he was like, uh, "Something like, I can't. You have a boyfriend." Oh, <laughs> I don't know. This guy just comes out of nowhere. Um. Stevie gets fucking hammered because the club sees these cameras, so they just start giving him drinks on the house, which lead to him and Tonya fighting because no dirty dancing. (laughs) He's like, dude, also, like, I'm a little upset that, like, nobody, like, stepped in and be like, dude, back off. Are you assaulting her? Like, like, nobody (laughs) said anything. Like, she literally, like, he was assaulting her. He was, like, rubbing on her and stuff. And and, she's saying no. She said, like, she literally said no, like, seven or eight times. She's like, no, no, no dirty dancing. No, stop it. Quit. Like, and he just, he just keeps on. Just like, bro, take a hint. So Steve makes him leave the club. So Stevie pouts and sits on the ground in front of the club with no shirt on. <laughs> what happened to his shirt? We never see. They're sitting there dancing, and then he's sitting on the ground, no shirt. Maybe he did like a little strip tease while he was in there. I don't for know. his little dirty dancing. Uh, shit goes downhill once they're back home. Stevie gets arrested over an altercation with the general store owner slash probation officer and gets into a physical fight with his pregnant sister and sweet patient Doug bans him from the house thank god brenda and doug and he in- fucking moved far away as soon as they got married no cut like, off the entire family god. and i can't like i can't believe that like he so he cut he cut off contact between you know stevie and his sister but like he still was willing to communicate with him like he's yeah. still like if you need something you go to me yeah and i'm just like dude no like he needs out of your life like you guys are about to start a beautiful little family and like um even bernice is mad at brenda because she wasn't invited to the birthing class even though brenda had a good excuse like bernice can't keep up with like the breathing exercises i thought that was so silly (laughs) it was a dumb thing to fight over um stevie has rejected the newest plea deal of 10 years or 12 years won't admit to being guilty but is willing to plead guilty and have a judge decide his fate 
Um, He's really just rolling the dice here, which also so, like his little like. And then this is, is what he said about rolling the dice. Like in the room, and he's just like, "What did he just?" Say? <laughs> this is when we bring in the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> oh God! Okay, can we talk about his neighbor? Because of course there isn't enough trash around here. I don't know what the point of this whole thing was. These neighbors are so fucking weird. <laughs> and then later with the baseball bat scene, like, yes. like I was like, why are they talking like all philosophically and like what it's, is happening well, here? The, what he said was if Stevie was found not guilty, which there's no way that's not happening. And if Steve gave the go-ahead, he would take Stevie under his wing. I didn't... Yeah, it's like, why is he I've asking for Steve's so many approval? Times, and I'm still like, I don't know what's happening. And since prison is involved, Stevie all of a sudden wants to be involved with the church and be baptized. Prison and taxism status are like the two best things to ever happen to religion. <laughs> like, it's incredible. And the priest says the words... He's going to speak in tongue when God's spirit comes inside of him, which, I mean, when you meet a special guy who can make you feel like that, like, the least you can do is marry him. And, of course, he goes to a speaking in tongues church. Like, uh, we hang out with the white supremacist they were assholes jamming. again. This time, that other dude is wearing a sleeveless lame shirt. <laughs> I don't like black people, but I sure as hell love that Jean Valjean. Don't tell the other guys, but when that man was there dying, this is the only time I've ever cried. <laughs> Nobody clips the first part. Also, sorry for the spoiler of a 150 year old book. Jean Valjean dies. Why is the racist dude? <laughs> I a Broadway shirt. I am ninety nine percent certain that he got it at a Goodwill. I, I did not understand that. Um, and then Stevie goes to visit his old foster parents, Dorinda and Hal, who he hasn't seen in fifteen years. He tells them about the most recent stint in jail, where he said he was going in on a hundred thousand dollar bond, and yet then he only needed a hundred dollars to get out. Yeah, that, that seems is. insane. Um, he's got no problems opening up to them about all his arrests and jokes around. But when it gets to this one, he shuts down. He's literally talking about attempted murder. And yeah. then he's just like silence yeah. on his like current crime. But it's a visit he really needed. He gets motherly love for Dorinda and then gets to have that dad vibe talk with Hal. Uh, after that, Brenda is induced and her baby girl is born with some respiratory issues which fucking brenda can't catch a break no stevie postpones his sentencing so he could be there for the baby's birth however doug's parents insist stevie not be around the baby probably because his history reason with little girls stevie gets his first real job in four years as you guess it a carny (laughs) i loved that part but i'm like he's gonna be around kids a lot like I know he hasn't been like sentenced yet, but he's we're okay a sex with it. offender. It was the nineties. <laughs> Honest though, I feel like all carnies like kind of like give off that sex offender vibe anyway. <laughs> like, I'm not being judgy. I'm just saying that like allegedly, allegedly um, carnies are 
rife with... uh... No, they go on to be politicians. Uh, With two weeks to go until prison, he's hanging out with the guys after work, drinking, getting into fights. I I do love the carnival lifestyle for him. (laughs) Like, that fits. He's like staying in a flop house. Yeah. He's like, bro, you've got a house. Steve's response to this is that he feels let down again, which... How do you think this guy felt when he was a kid and you were like one of many adults to abandon him? Like, how did you think this was going to go? Stevie is mad that Steve interviewed Wendy, even though Wendy felt sorry for him. Like, yeah, she wanted him to get help. She even says she doesn't hate him, but obviously he doesn't know that. Um, Snake, uh, I mean, Stevie (laughs) wants to go hunt rattlesnakes one last time. Everybody calls me Snake. God. On account I ain't afraid of them. <laughs> Except for when I was younger. God. <laughs> October 27, 1999, the day before he goes off to prison. He's just hanging out with his family. Which, that sucks. He goes to prison right before Halloween. It's the best holiday. Um... He spends a little bit of time with his new niece, and he says the weirdest fucking thing out of the whole film. (laughs) You got yourself a new face. You got your new face there, don't you? (laughs) What does that mean? Also, I know it was the 90s, but was that fucking newborn drinking apple juice? That's what I thought. (laughs) Like, I just, I watched that part and I was like, holy shit, times have changed. Like, you don't feed your baby anything except for like... Formula or breast milk. But the baby got its new face, so you can have apple juice. You got that new face there? And then I love that Brenda has to remind him to take off those sunglasses. Like, how did he forget he was wearing those huge fucking things? (laughs) They were the kind that go over your glasses. It's the ones that make, like, the ones after eye surgery look fashionable. Like, those things are so huge. They were as big as that one chick's sunglasses on love during lockup. <laughs> and then afterwards, he starts a grass fire and then drinks with Tanya. I, I don't know. And then the next day, we spend some more time with Verna, who really should have teamed up with Stevie when he bought his animal clock. Because she has a bird one. <laughs> also, was she... I, just, I keep thinking about when he was like... Oh my god, was that an animal? <laughs> He's like, what was that? He's like, oh, it's a leopard. <laughs> leopard clock. Spent 37 bucks. There's so much shit on his walls, no matter where he lives. Oh my god, I'm getting you one. <laughs> Please don't. So, yeah, at one point, Verna just goes, he can look so vicious sometimes, but I don't know if he can really hurt a kid. And the camera's panned on Stevie and the dog, and I'm like, which one is she talking about? <laughs> and then it's just this long, quiet drive on the way to the courthouse. And then they have a quick lunch at McDonald's. <laughs> and Bernie's showing off her grandbaby. Yeah. Uh, at the courthouse, prosecution asks for 20 years. Defense asks for six. Judge says, or judge asks Stevie if he has anything to say. And of course, the fucking idiot says no always apologize like that's even if you're not sorry yeah like always apologize always show sympathy always make a point that like your shit's been rough and you want to have a new start and you want to be able to get yes so he sends to 10 years the judge was going to give him six but because he showed no remorse bye (laughs) yeah like you fucking idiot 
If you act like a tool, you get sentenced like a tool. Yet again, a reminder that he had a chance to walk away with just counseling, and he said no. Because he didn't want to have to talk to a shrink. (laughs) He gets one last chance to say bye to Steve and his mom, and actually tells his mom he loves her, which is a huge change from the beginning of this. He's like, I'm going to laugh when she dies. (laughs) Uh, Tanya is tasked with clearing out the trailer because it's not paid off and has to be sent back. How the fuck are you going to move that damn thing? Like, it's, it looks abandoned when he's living in it. Oh, they have, like, a thing, like, the little trailer thing that comes and picks it up. And You've never seen a mobile home being moved? I have, but that thing just looks like it's going to fall apart. Like, how is it not paid off? <laughs> like, how much did that damn thing cost? Probably, like, $1,000. Um, and then they're, like, filming throughout the empty house. What was that fucking chain in the bedroom? Like when you had to keep Stevie (laughs) inside, I don't know. There's just this random thick ass. Well, it was weird that like she couldn't take all of her stuff with her, and like they just left all of it. Like it looked like some kind of like abandoned, like weird haunted house. Uh, Brenda ends up selling Stevie's trailer, her own, and Verna's house, and they move next door to Doug's parents. Smart. Verna moves into a retirement home. Stevie apparently became a huge William Shakespeare fan in prison. <laughs> so bizarre. And <laughs> that's the end. So I know he served his full term. No good behavior. No. No. He's been arrested many times in Tennessee. Uh, the first time was August 1st, 2010. For failing to register as a sex offender, there's criminal trespassing, public intoxication, just constantly in and out of prison. Uh, The most recent thing I could find is an active warrant out of Louisiana for failing to register. He said he was homeless. I found his prison pen pal ad for when he was in Illinois prison, prison, and turns out he's a feet guy. He goes by possum now. (laughs) Oh my god, is it because he's not afraid of him? (laughs) No, uh, Verna lived to the age of 92 and passed away April 21st, 2007. And Bernice passed away on February 1st, 2015. And Brenda and Doug had another two kids. Aww. So, yeah. She got to have three little babies. I'm so happy for Brenda. So, yeah, fucking love this film. And if ever a documentary deserved a sequel update, it's this one. Like, fuck the staircase, making a murderer, like, yeah, I Tiger know King. Like, I need to know what's going one. on in Stevie's yes. life. Um, I saw an interview with Steve James from, like, seven months ago where he says he lost touch with Stevie since he moved to Louisiana. Uh, he has no idea where Tanya is. Like, he said he still talks to Brenda and Doug. He said Brenda and Doug were still together. Uh read a few things where stevie might be in oregon but it's wild so keep a lookout on Stephen dale fielding i'm sure there'll be many many more arrests between this and wonderful whites like thank god they were filmed when they were like we don't need hd versions <laughs> his, his teeth <laughs> maybe to be able to like read what his little pins say like what, what was the party one born to party yeah 
maybe you'll see what those tattoos are. <laughs> the one looks like a turtle <laughs> with flames shooting out of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I bet he got more prison tats. Oh, I'm sure he did. We'll get a prison tat one day. <laughs> From someone who's been to prison, not like when we're in prison. <laughs> well, yeah, because he said he got it from a buddy who'd been in prison. I was like, you've been to prison. Are you sure you didn't get those in prison? That's a solid documentary. It is. I love it so much. A little train wreck. It's like all his little quips. <laughs> People's changes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Catfish and bass loves frogs. Didn't even have the fucking frog. <laughs> I like he's like, I'm smart. I know this because I'm smart. And then the fucking frog like jumps away, gets in his pocket, doesn't realize there's a hole in the pocket. And that's the whole bottom half of the pocket. Yeah, it's not like a tiny hole. It's yeah, just how is that thing still hanging on? <sighs> and then fucking Tim like overheating the engine, almost backing it into a tree. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter couldn't find anything on tim i hope he found a good woman i hope he did i hope that he didn't like die because he seemed <laughs> real real bummed <laughs> i was a little worried for his mental health it doesn't matter it doesn't matter oh um i did free or i did yeah saw that one uh steve james said like a bunch of money that they got from like festivals from showing this documentary like he gave to like Wendy and her daughter and I think he said like he kind of slipped up and said like when Stevie first got out of prison they had like $4,000 saved up for him and he just like tried to blow it all at one time oh I'm sure yeah and I can't imagine Brenda wants to be his keeper of funds no anymore no 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 no. (laughs) so that that's rough but I mean I'm glad that, like, at least his victim got something out of this. Yeah. God, I wish we knew what was happening. <laughs> but yeah, best documentary ever. It's, it's, it's a good train wreck. <laughs> so we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you. <laughs>